This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 632 of Cognitive Dissonance in Cecil, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We are joined by Aaron Robbie. Or should yeah. I use your whole name? Do we, we do the whole thing do now, I, right? Aaron we do the whole been, thing now. now. Yeah. It has, it has been Robbie like five years now, I think. At this should point. I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We are joined by either Aaron Robbie or mm-hmm. Aaron mm-hmm. Rabinowitz. Depends on how much you feel like typing into a search. It's true. It's true. That is that is our <laughs> From yeah. embrace the void. From embrace the void and, and philosophers, philosophers in space. In space. Welcome. Thank you all. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. I recently read a book about bullshit. Um, and then I, <laughs> I went to a thing about bullshit. And it seemed like it was, they went together well. So I'm glad to have a little chat about it. So, yeah, we will. Yeah, so let's talk about this. So, so you just got back from an anti-vax convention. Tell us mm. about what it was and give us the broad strokes about what they were, what the whole plan was going to be when, when you like, what, what's the, what's, you know, like yeah, what's their, what's their curious. elevator pitch? Yeah. And to be clear, I did not in fact physically attend an anti-vaxxer convention because I care about myself and my yeah, loved I was going to say, that's fucking insane. <laughs> right. That's right. insane. Yeah. Right. That's Even like the AR-15 sportsman's that, club or yeah. something. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Um, Marsh and them go to those things sometimes wearing masks. And I'm like, that's yeah. a lot of faith in that mask. Uh, no, this was the, it's called the Better Way Conference Convention, whatever, in Bath, England, um, which is named after some special magic-y baths that, of course, don't do what they say they do. Oh, and- I love I love that. Could they have picked a better place? <laughs> oh, very deliberately. They talked about why they picked it. It was a ridiculous list of woo reasons. Um, they... So, so basically what happened was, you know, I, I just wrapped up the semester and, you know, I was screwing around on Twitter and there was um, like flyers going around for this conference that had on it like Brett Weinstein and, you know, um, Majid Nawaz, a lot of these like IDW types who've been on Rogan and stuff recently. Wait, wait, wait. Um, define IDW for anyone that doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The intellectual dark web. Um, oh. I, I can give you like five or six different words that mean people who think the mainstream media is lying to you and have some alternative solution involving some levels of symbolism and or pretending that, you know, feelings don't matter or something, right? Like the heterodox, the, uh, you know, how many names do we have to have for these folks? Um, <laughs> a dark MAGA is the new one. Dark, they, I, we just came sure. across that a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Dark, Madison Cawthorn was, was pulling out the dark, dark MAGA. MAGA. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to play the black deck if you're going to play dark. Yeah, Mach. for sure, yeah, 100%. You can't. Yeah, 100%. Otherwise, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, it's, so you went to the intellectual. Unfair, yeah, well, it's a diff- deeply unfair kind of conspiracism trick where they come up with a bunch of names and shell corporations, and then you try to explain the names and shell corporations, and then people are like, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. What is this giant <laughs> map of... Why do I care about, you know, InfoWars or any of this stuff? Yeah, so... It's, it's not a fair game that we're playing. But yeah, this convention was... These folks, you know, were doing this thing and I messaged Marsh because it's over in England, so it's on his turf. Um, and they were doing a different um, convention that you shouldn't attend in person in person that weekend. <laughs> so uh, they were like, we'll, you know, we'll front you the 40, you know, fake uh, UK bucks that it takes to get a student pass <laughs> virtually... <laughs> to go watch this thing. And yeah, so because I'm a, as I said, I'm a philosopher in between semesters, my time is valueless. So I watch. <laughs> like, like I can't swing a hammer. It's a- <laughs> what, was this convention sponsored by Paxlovid or? Because uh, if not, that's a missed opportunity. Uh, this convention was sponsored by a technology, it was sponsored by a range of people. We could talk a lot about the sponsors and again, it'll sound like conspiracism again, but one of the commercials at the beginning that looped in, um, every day before the videos was, a, uh, you know, it was basically frequency medication. So it was like, you wear a bracelet kind of situation, you know, the frequencies and like, there was literally a guy in it saying, I don't know how it works, but it works. And then like they end with a a amazing pitch. in the commercial it's a great pitch, yeah. You know, she needed to do is oh. they need to do that with every medicine. You just need to get an average guy just talking about medicine and just oh. be like, I don't know, it works, but my cancer's gone or whatever. Yeah, Man, pre- yeah pretty much. I would love uh, it if like it, but that shouldn't be in your com- like. Can you imagine if like a car commercial? You just had like some GM guy like in a white lab coat. He's like, this car, where it all works. <laughs> yeah, put gas in it. <laughs> It goes. In a normal medicine commercial, right? You'd have the normal person being like, I don't know how it works, but it works. And then you'd have the scientist being like, here's how it works. (laughs) Right. And they'd have like a little graphic of like, like viruses being killed by like, and there's a graph. and then there's right, a number yeah. of doctors that recommend it versus a number that don't. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And there's 40 no, no, minutes of disclaimers quote, about the side effects. <laughs> right, no. In, instead, it ends with a quote from Einstein that says, the, the medicine of the future will be frequency medicine. That's your, oh, that's your theory. What? Neat, neat. So <laughs> I, I got to ask, before you continue, this was a yeah. hybrid event. So you were watching and people were in a room participating. So there was like cameras that they were then mm-hmm. broadcasting to the world, but mm-hmm. you, okay. So I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't just all like a video. It was, they were no. just recording this for external audiences to make an extra buck. I see. Some number of people who I, I don't, I haven't gotten a final head count. Cause I don't think anybody actually cared enough to do one technically. Um, but like, some amount of people fill, filled into a room to have a conversation about how none of them were vaccinated. That, that absolutely, <laughs> wow. really, for sure wow. happened. Cool. And folks like Brett Weinstein and some other scientists who believe in vaccinations, except for the COVID ones, went and sat in that room with them and were like, yeah, science, medicine, boy, I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> let, our, let our listeners know who Brett Weinstein is. I... I'm only vaguely <laughs> yeah. familiar oh, yeah. with him. I I thought he was like a 
He's the ivermectin he's, guy. He's a but he but before he was the ivermectin guy, he was the guy who got kicked out of his position as a professor. He was right? the evergreen guy. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, same guy. So um, yeah, and like it's tricky with this stuff. So you know, there was twenty five hours of content total. I watched all of it at two x speed. I didn't watch it in real time because I'm I, I have limits, and. Um, <laughs> You know, so like that's a lot of data to parse. So you could do it by like talking about each figure. You can do it by, you know, like beams. There's all the different ways. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that like there are lots of different ways that we could go through this. But yeah, who is Brett Weinstein? So Brett Weinstein was one, he's one of the two brothers Weinstein who are both terrible for different reasons, but mostly narcissism. And <laughs> he was working at Evergreen and you know, started a, a disagree, you know, like it was, you know, he pushed back on there. They were doing, um, you know, these days, instead of like all of the people of color leaving then like um, the white people, you know, like dealing with that reality, they like flipped it and were like, white people, we encourage you not to come to campus and like, it'll be our campus for the day and we'll have activities for our people and stuff like that, right? You could certainly debate the value of that, but he like got involved, made a whole big thing of it. And then like was there on campus and they protested him and it became a whole thing. And then eventually he and his wife left. Um, They both had tenure, but like at least he had a tenure track position, I think. And so they left. And since then he started the Dark Horse podcast. He's one of the founders of this intellectual dark web group. Yeah, Um, yeah, okay. According to the Barry Weiss um, article in which they're all standing in bushes and taking weird pictures, which is, you should check out those pictures. They're pretty funny. Uh, they, <laughs> oh yeah, my so God. He, he's like part of this group and, you know, they're doing all the like heterodoxy, like pushing back on the social justice kind of stuff. And then the pandemic comes along and like all, like many of them to varying degrees spiral off into one kind of conservative, you know, like one kind of conspiracism or another, basically. Um, and he is one of, So it's like the important thing to understand about this convention is it looks, you know, on its surface like medical, you know, convention, just like talking about various science-y, medicine-y issues, right? If you read the homepage, no proper nouns, no like description of what any of this stuff is actually supposed to be about. Um, (laughs) But like if you watch it, at first it's, it's playing as like a we're worried about the COVID stuff, right? This is welcome all our newcomers, you know, recent pandemic concerned individuals. We're going to talk about how uh, these vaccines were rushed out and the disease isn't as bad as it seems and stuff like that. But underneath can, that, can, like- Can, I, that, can yeah. I pause real quick? The, the yeah. vaccine rush out piece, I love mm-hmm. how that is for the right. I love, first of all, how like the alternative would be to- what slow play the vaccine at a time of crisis? Like well, it's mm-hmm. rushed mm-hmm. out. Well, yeah, I mean yep. you rush when like if my house is on fire, I don't walk yeah. mosey or amble. <laughs> I fucking right, run. Right. Yeah, like there yeah. are times when rushing is an appropriate goddamn sure. response. Uh, they use that terminology as if to suggest that somehow that is an inappropriate response. And then hilariously, the right gets to have both the uh, credibility of warp speed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the right. sort of dubiousness of rushing. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, wait, what just, these are obviously mutually exclusive intellectual paths. Yeah. Right. Right. How are you taking right. them both? And they're just like, 
because we are <laughs> dark we, web. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I mean, as the authors of the Grand Unified Theory of Bullshit, you understand perfectly. <laughs> cho choosing both is just the standard move, yeah, basically, for right? Sure. So, like, for sure. You know, one of the organizers of this convention was also at the Stop the Steal rally, for example, Del Big no. Tree. They were, oh, yeah, they were hosting <laughs> a. He was, he was at a anti-vaxer, you know, health freedom sovereignty convention at the rally. Roger Stone was one of the other speakers at his event. They were there when the building was actually stormed. The speaker on stage at the time was like praising them for storming the thing. Like they were full on MAGA, but also the vaccine is evil, even though, as you said, it's Trump who rolled it out. It's it, This happens a lot with these folks. They also are like, Elon Musk is the best, but also he's creating microchips that we're going to put in our brains to hack us. <laughs> right. And also, I would never drive an electric car. Yeah, right. Like, these guys are like, <laughs> right. these assholes are rolling coal. <laughs> They're right. fucking, they, they're, they're blowing Elon Musk so hard. Yeah. Their fucking mascara is running. And they're like, I'd never have an electric car though. Yeah. NASA's bullshit, but space traveling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear what you're saying. This one, you know, the weird thing about this convention is because it's medical alternative medicine woo. And also I think because of changes in culture in terms of increased support for indigenous alternative ways of knowing stuff amongst the woke communities, there was a lot of natural indigenous medicine-y stuff at this oh, convention. Oh, interesting. Like, like what? And like a, like a lot of talk specifically about colonial oppression of marginalized communities really? using, you know, Tuskegee, you know, um, polio uh, vaccine stuff, all sorts of like legit, like this is, you know, all conspiracy theorists do this. They take legitimate concerns and like wrap a bunch of stuff right. around them. And like, this is one of the things that they're getting really, I think, put together on as a community in terms of how to make this argument that like, the prevention of using of certain kinds of medicines or stuff is part of colonialism and we need to like decolonize medicine. And I think I'm really concerned that they're going to find an audience for that in like the lefty-ish, woke-ish territory. Yeah. Well, um, well, one of the things that, that, I mean, I think some people seem to forget is that, you know, the alter the anti-vax crowd sprung mm -hmm. from the left. I mean, that alternative yeah, yeah. medicine, new agey stuff really was sort of a left-leaning thing when it first started to, you know, started to come up into the national so, attention. Sort of. Yeah, but I think the thing I think the issue is is that they can easily attach themselves to things that I think people really care about. Smart, and that's mm -hmm. and that's a way to get in that. That's a way to sort of get under the radar if you attach it to something someone cares about or someone feels like there's an issue there that is really important. You can sort of slip under the radar, and that brings up a question I want to ask you: When you were uh -huh. listening to this. Did you feel like it was a sophisticated bit of disinformation or do you feel like it was just like dumb memes and people that you like if you were smart enough and you walked in the room there wasn't a chance you were going to change your mind? Um it's yeah, so I guess I would say if you showed up for like the first half of it, you'd probably there'd be a higher risk that you could get sucked in, especially if you're like one of these like COVID vaccine anti-vaxxers coming sure. from like the bread. You know, you have these like two contingents, broadly speaking, the full-on anti-vaxxers and the COVID anti-vaxxers, yeah, right? Yeah. COVID anti-vaxxers are the ones who are more popular right now, mm -hmm. like 
Weinstein and Malone and stuff. And like, if you're getting brought in via them and you watch their stuff and like, you could be at like, not in, you know, not in significant risk of like sliding towards full on anti-vaxxerism. There was a pretty big argument at the end of the first day in particular where Del Bigtree, who's that, the guy who was at the, the Stop the Steal and is like, he's the guy who produced Andrew Wakefield's anti-vaxxer movie. So like he's- Oh my God. Oh, so he's know, invested. The, yeah. He's, he's like the godfather. Like he's the central anti-vaxxer figure, except for now it's Joe Rogan. But like um, he, you know, basically- surprise like ambushed them on stage he had all of the like first day people come out which was all the headliners and he was like who how many of you actually think vaccines are still an important thing for the future of our like better way you know group and it was only like weinstein and malone and and this other guy um vanderbosch uh who raised their hands and this one other person doesn't matter and they and then he like started attacking them to, like personally like he basically really? was like well yeah, he was like, well, what about this fact? He did like a series of the like, did you know that like oh vaccines my murdered my dog kind of stuff? And then like God. he was calling them up by name, like pressuring them to be like, look, if you think that there's a problem with COVID stuff, you should also think there's a problem, especially if you're like on the conspiracy side of things. And like this, you know, I could go forever about the nuances of the, all of their slightly different anti-vaxxer positions, but... Big Tree's right that like for most of them, if they took their views seriously, they would have to yeah. expand it beyond just the COVID stuff. Are you just, just chanting stuff. to yourself, fight, 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 <laughs> fight, fight. I mean, because I would be, I'd be like, yeah, no, you guys you need like, to eat yourself alive on that stage. Or, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. At one point, Vanderbosch, who has basically said we should stop using all COVID vaccines because he's worried about a super COVID variant emerging <laughs> sure. from the use of the vaccines. Yeah. From the vaccines. Not, yeah, that's not, yeah, it's not a scientific thing, but it's a, anyway. It's a Voltron. Put it in the box. Yeah. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I just, I, I'm sorry. I know Moderna you're trying to make a is larger the legs. Point. And I, then the uh, Johnson and Johnson is okay. the torso, and then, and then Pfizer, the arms. Pfizer arms. What's the head? Oh, AstraZeneca. Sputnik. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, um, the head is Klaus Schwab, actually. <laughs> what just? I, I, what? what they told me. They said there's um, going to be a yeah, so, super COVID. I like yeah, that. At so least he, they believe in COVID. At least this yeah, group believes right. in COVID. Yeah, right. Right. Thankfully, do. We, thankfully, there's at least that. Like, I'm trying to search for a positive here, Aaron Robbie, yeah, or Aaron yeah, Rabinowitz, I'm, I'm however you like to be, you know, whatever you're going by these days. I At least yeah, there's a foundation. Whatever the WEF wants me to be at this point. <laughs> <laughs> at least um, they all believe in COVID, man. Because yeah, that's not though, a given like, anymore. have disagreements about, like, how big a deal it actually is. But, yes, sure. they actually do think it exists and is real. And, like, you know, here's the thing. Big Tree does think that the measles exist and are real. He just thinks that like a measles epidemic is less bad than the vaccine side effects, basically. Like I'm not kidding. What? At one point it got so bad that like Bosch was like, if you go down this road of like boycotting all vaccines, you will cause an epidemic. And his Big Tree's response was like, well, yeah, but like if you look at the death rates for measles, it's actually not that bad. But did, okay, so but we are currently at people are vaccinated and the world seems fine. We're, we're not even there though. We have actually already fallen below herd immunity okay. on vaccinations. So, yeah, that's true. Outbreaks. But 
but yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's, and that's yeah, an important, that's, that's, that's a important. good point. But right. I guess, let me, let me, let me roll my comment back. We yeah. were up until yeah. a, a total era of complete insensibility took hold and somehow will not lessen its grip. We had for a long period of time, fairly strong measles vaccination rates across not just America, but the world. Like the world has done a fairly good job of holding measles back. And I, yeah. I, 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 now I haven't read every history book out there, but I don't think there's been any mass die-offs as a result. Yeah, so if so, you want to pick the choose your own conspiracism adventure, your options in response <laughs> there are A, it hasn't happened yet, but it's about to in any moment. So yeah. That's your, okay. you know, yeah. end of the world is sure, 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 next week. Sure, I sure. calendar wrong situation. Or right. yeah, Harold, the Harold camping argument. It's happening and you just don't know it's happening. People are dying in large numbers, but you're not aware of it. It's being hidden from you. But you have never, they're dying in large numbers, but you've never met any of them. I know people that have died of COVID, right? Like, yeah, here's the and thing. Then they, yeah. Co- mm-hmm. Right. Like, I've, I know two people that have died of COVID. Like, two people in my family-ish have died of COVID. COVID has killed, mm-hmm. like, what, 1%, less than 1%, of, you know? So, like, when you hit that 1% figure, you are very likely mm-hmm. to know somebody who's died of that thing. And it always right. cracks me up when these guys are like, ah, it's happening, but we don't know it. It's like, well, but literally, I've never met anyone who died of the fucking measles vaccine. So it cannot okay, be happening so, yeah. in that kind of profusion. So you're you're clearly an advanced level player here. So I'm not going to pivot. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. The vaccines aren't actually killing people; they're doing something else. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Oh. So they're yeah. they're, no, they're, they're gotcha. sterilizing people. So it's like people are going to stop yeah. having kids, or thank God, you know, yeah, no we're kidding. altering your genes so you're more docile, or like there was there was a lot of talk of biohacking, <laughs> and um, if not just full on chip implants, like messing with your genes and stuff because the transhuman globalists are going to do it to control you or something Jesus. like that. So, God. yeah. How do you pay attention for longer than 30 seconds? I don't know how you did 25 hours. I cannot hours imagine. It's the moment well, someone says... and a half hours, please. 12 and a half hours. <laughs> when somebody says something uh, like that, yeah. my brain just goes... Phoomph, Thank and you. And just, like, it's like... The, you know those windows yeah. that, like, cloud up automatically, like a cloud up and they yeah. can just yeah. turn it? It's like that. I'm just pump. And then you could just say whatever you want for the next 24 and a half hours. And it's I like listening to it. a preacher. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, Hey, Jesus said, I'm just like, yeah, I don't care. I've just done. Fall over. I've done. I'm I, over. I, you know, hats off to you, yeah. man, for good. For you. I mean, it, it, first of all, clearly it's not an, it's not a virtue. It's a vice. And second, <laughs> um, you know, um, you guys, of course, obviously, since he wrote the intro to your book about all of this, um, you know, Marsh's Be Reasonable is... I, I think it's called Be Reasonably people, Skeptical. Yeah. Just, be Reasonably yeah, Skeptical, right? Yeah, right. that's right. Be Reasonably yeah. Skeptically Atheist. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, he, you know, for folks who aren't familiar for some reason, if you haven't already, like, at least tried to watch it or tried to listen to it, you know, it's him talking to these sorts of individuals that he finds at these kind of conventions and things. Most people, I would say, on average, rate it somewhere around, I can't fucking listen to this, Marsh. I love you, but I can't. This is horrifying. I'm on the other end of the spectrum where, like, when I found out that Be Reasonable existed, I binged the entire back catalog instantly, kind of. Like, I just, I don't yeah. know. I'm a, I am love it. I, it's fucking fascinating to me. It's, it's, you know, at some points you get depressed or angry or, like, it, it, you know, like, you get into a very weird headspace in a, like 
Hunter S. Thompson-y kind of like <laughs> what is reality gonzo journalism over the course of it, basically. But like, it's also, I think, really fascinating to me because, you know, there is a lot of genuine concerns. There's a lot of real problems that these people are pointing to and they're often coming to this from a, that kind of place. And so, you know, I think it's valuable to try to understand that stuff and to try to help protect people from sliding into these places or being taken advantage of because they've had a life crisis or something like that. I also think it's valuable to find out like, you know, what's the next, you know, talking points that they're trotting out. It's monkeypox, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, like that sort of stuff I think is useful. And I think it's useful also to help, help reporters, right? Cause I'm going to like write this article. I'm going to be like, look, one of the organizers is not Del Bigtree. It's this guy, it's this lady, Dr. Tess Lowry, who like looks like a COVID anti-vaxxer on the outside, does mostly focus on like COVID, you know, denialism kind of stuff. But at the conference, when Big Tree, you know, ambushed them all and asked them, do they believe in vaccinations? She didn't raise her hand. And when the like debating about that was happening, she was like, I think that we should take a precautionary approach and, and wait to use vaccines, all vaccines, until we've done double-blind placebo studies, essentially. So like... It's not as bad as big trees. I know that the vaccines are worse than measles, but it is essentially in function the same position. And I think, you know, if people are going to interview these folks, if they're going to talk about them, they need to know and not get suckered into like that layers of normalizing that allows this to seem okay, at, uh, you know, to some people. Well, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Who is the audience? I'm. This is the question that I am... Because you're mm -hmm. describing, you are the audience for Be Reasonable, right? And there's a reason you are the audience for Be Reasonable. So there's this conference, and there are the speakers, and I get, I get it. I get their positions. Who are they talking to? Who is the audience here? Right. So I would say, and, I, a and I mean that in two ways: who's the audience in terms of who's physically there, and who's the audience in terms of obviously they're creating a piece of uh, tape mm -hmm. or a piece mm -hmm. of marketing to live past this conference. So who is that audience? Are they the same? Yeah, I would say there's a couple of audiences. So in the room, and again, you get sort of a couple of shots of them, but it's hard to tell. And like factoring in that this is in Bath, England. So like the demographics are probably not hugely in favor of diversity. I would say you probably have a higher than average diversity rating for this, you know, community. I would say it's higher than like, you know, atheist conventions, for example, um, well, for a couple, you know, <laughs> that's a pretty a few, low bar for, I know, diversity. I know, I know. <laughs> but yes, um, it's a mix of a couple of things. And it's the history that I talked about with the colonialism towards marginal towards communities of color. It's, you know, the history of abuse through things like Tuskegee. It's also more, I think probably more women because of the history of women being, you know, not taken seriously by doctors and like all of the stuff that goes into books like Invisible Women and things like that. Um, that, you know, that if, if, you know, again, everybody likes to pretend that their demographics are better than they are. So they had a lot of people, a lot of diversity up on the stage on those two fronts in particular. But I would say it's probably likely that the audience is closer to who's on stage than at a usual convention when it comes to those kinds of things. So those are your audience. And like, in the room, you probably have a majority of people who are in probably closer to the anti-vaxxer camp, I would guess. Like yeah, if you're okay. there, you're more than likely already sort of inner circle in that sense. Um, and for those people, it's about, 
showing them um, that there's like a new energy to their old, you know, this longstanding movement by bringing in these big name American COVID folks. And also, of course, selling a bunch of stuff. There was a lot of talk of like silent auctions and fundraising and selling no. books and things like that. So like, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure they're all also true believers, but there's, there's certainly some money being thrown around here. But I also think it's more important that the audience, the main audience is really the COVID anti-vaxxers. So the people who've become conspiratorial during the pandemic, who are to some extent skeptical of COVID vaccines or lockdowns or mandates or something in that recent sphere mm -hmm. and have, you know, listened to Dark Horse podcasts or something and aren't going to the convention in person, but have probably heard Brett Weinstein promoting it on the show or something like that and buy a virtual ticket and have, you know, a virtual into a community where then some percentage of them agree with Del Bigtree that like, I should go farther with this, right? I should go farther down this rabbit hole. You know, I wrote an article for Skeptic Mag about the problem of they, where it's like, once you believe that there's a big enough they that has enough power, you can't say no to other conspiracy theories because all of them are equally plausible if someone's hiding the countervailing evidence from you and has the ability to do so on a large enough scale, right? You have a basic epistemic problem where it's like, if there's a government-sized entity preventing us from knowing things, they could be preventing us from knowing basically anything. And that's that's the vibe you get from this stuff. And so that's, that's, that's something I was curious about. I was wondering how that intellectual dark web stuff weaved itself in here, but it sounds like they just whitewash the wall and be like, any conspiracies are allowed and they are all allowed because they really do all intermesh. And yeah. so I think that might've answered my question, but they, that is how the dark web stuff connects, right? Is that it's all just sort of connected in that sort of overarching yeah. anything's possible way. Like in a grand unified In sense. a grand unified way, basically. Right, right. Very, <laughs> right. very, yeah. Well, I, I do think you are, yeah, you are really seeing a convergence of you know, what, what would you call them? Neo Bircher. It's like a bunch of different anti-governmental groups, including the IDW folks, because like they're starting people who are like Jordan Peterson who are right. freaking out about, you know, trans laws. So like there's an anti-governmental energy that's tying all of these things together. There's also weird complications around capitalism, sort of, where it's like a lot of the legitimate problems they raise are like, yeah, American capitalism is kind of fucked. And like the American medical system is kind of horrifying and it's producing, you know, horrible incentives for these companies. And they're right. But then they turn around and they're like, and that's why we should privatize the NHS. Yeah, and right. they, they, they haven't <laughs> learned the lesson, right? Like, and they probably wouldn't call themselves anti-capitalist, even though that, that's like the most coherent argument that they're, they're sort of putting forward. Um, there's also like fear of the mainstream media is a common theme between the IDW and these folks. So like, and, and, it, and I would say it's, it's weird, right? There's a lot of wokeness at this convention because of the indigenous colonial, you know, alternative stuff. But they're also kind of attacking the same... Um, entities that the IDW are always accusing of being captured by wokeness, they just kind of frame it differently. They say they're captured by pharma instead, basically. Oh. So talk about this. There's a, there's a section I'd really like you to focus on this. Reclaiming mm -hmm. and revolutionizing media was one of the pieces. So there's like, they split it up into maybe five different sections. And this was one of mm -hmm. those sections. Can you talk a little bit about what that was about? 
Because this sounds like very much right on that intellectual dark web, right up that alley. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, this was pretty much their day for like, here's how you start your own conspiracism podcast and like, (laughs) I'm I'm not, I wish I was kidding. It was really like conspiratism, you know, YouTube 101 kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying to get, I've got the speaker list here up in a second. Um, They have this guy... Uh, Campbell is his last name, but I always get his name first name wrong because I immediately start going through the more interesting Campbells, like Bruce or Joseph or <laughs> you know, etc. You get the idea. Um, <laughs> right, tomato. Right, <laughs> he, so, like, he, yeah, he's incredibly boring, but he has these folks on to do these kind of things. But yeah, so that that day was hosted by Brett. And of course, it was because yeah. again, right? He's doing this like new yeah. media right. um, yeah. kind of thing. And, but it was also the interesting part of that day, besides the like. So, so there's one really funny bit where at the beginning of the day, when they're usually doing their looping commercials, another one of which was like the weird Austrian guy who's paying for a lot of this and who like clearly has a volcano lair. Uh, they were, they added in a new video, which was like, it was, it was basically a PSA about here's how the media is brainwashing you. And so it was like, they were showing a normal PSA and then they were pausing it and being like, see how they're making eye contact with you. That's a control mechanism. What? Um, right. Yeah. Wait a minute. And, and again, in a video, wait a minute, hold the fucking phone. They are making eye contact with me. That's how Skype in a calls video. work. <laughs> Well, you know, like they're looking straight on at the camera or no, like I they know. have a literally yeah, 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 yeah. Don't, Aaron, please don't misunderstand. Yeah. I get what you're saying, but also uh-huh. you're not making eye contact with anyone just, over a fucking video. You're just looking at a thing. Aaron, right now, I'm I am eye- dominating. I have. Are you I dominating? Have hard eye contact. Right. Do you see okay. it? Do you see it? Hard what is eye that? contact. What? Okay, hard eye contact. I take my fucking glasses off so I can eyeball you a little harder. I think I'm looking at you. I'm not sure. I have my glasses off. <laughs> what? And yet, and yet, oh. doc, Dr. John Campbell, who is one of the people who still manages to be on YouTube despite being in this group, essentially then in his talk was like, here's the things you do to seem personable. <laughs> Look directly into the camera. Hard eye contact. <laughs> you know, look right, look them right uh, in the eye. Hold their yeah. neck down. There, was, there, was not, there was not good coordination on some of these things. I don't feel like everyone knew Make what was going on. Make them look up at you. <laughs> um, Every once in a while, the, give them a little slap across the jaw. <laughs> Uh, but that fuck? day, that day was pretty wild because <laughs> Brett was hosting along with Tess Lowry, the like, she's, she's technically the other organizer, but like she barely exists compared to Big Tree. But Big Tree was one of the speakers. Um, and like, you know, as I said, there was an argument on the first day and it got a little testy and they've, they've continued to make jokes about it that would have been pretty awkward over the next couple of nice. conversations. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. So, Brett is the host now, so he's switched positions with Big Tree, so he's trying to give it back to him a little bit, but Big Tree's much better at this than Brett is. <laughs> so Big, Big Tree fucking rolls him hard, basically. <laughs> um, this sounds know, like a fucking train wreck. It's so funny. And I haven't gotten to the tech stuff. Remind me before we run out of time, I have to talk about, like, I'll, I'll give you my tight five on how to do tech <laughs> properly. Um, you know, Big Tree gets up and gives his talk that Brett introduces him for, and it's straight up, Andrew Wakefield is the most brilliant scientist of his generation. I'm not 
paraphrasing here. Wait, I'm excuse quoting me? here. Yeah. First, and you got to like, get 12 be- people, and that's your sample size 12. That's how you do science, bitches. All right. So you get a thing of eggs, and each egg represents one of your sample size. That's science. Yep. Yep. Not the big thing. Can, can we get a baker's big. dozen worth of no, people? No, on, come on. Now. That's train. ridiculous. Don't yeah, I mean, waste blood, your whole day doing your science. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And the reason it was on the media day is because Big Tree's whole point about this was here's how I tricked Tribeca into putting Vaxxed on their program via Robert De Niro. Oh, and then shit. when they canceled it, I got big and all of this got... And that's why, that's genuinely yeah. why Vaxxed is the most well-known movie is because of all of that media. So he was basically like, he was teaching Streisand effect is what he was doing. He was there like, here's how you get them. Do some fucked up shit. And then when they report on you, you're winning because you're being reported on. So like we're losing right now because we're talking about these people, which is not totally untrue, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like that's the Trump are, thing. That's yeah. that's how that's what Trump did. He just yeah. he just said outrageous shit all the time. And then he was constantly in front of everybody's yeah. face forever. Well, yeah, I, so, I, I, I know you're I know you're about to make a much more important point than the question I'm going to ask you, but I do want to ask you the question anyway. So, sure. You know, I, I, just thinking back to when uh, anti-vax movement was more nascent, um, mm-hmm. it had sort of like demonstrably less credible or at least less credentialed people standing on the stage. You had Jenny McCarthy. Right. Right. Who, you know, isn't really... She's not a scientist. She isn't a right. scientist. She's right. just a celebrity. There's a Jenny McCarthy got, connection here, by the way, but yes, continue. Yeah. But, you know, now you've got a whole host of people who have legitimate medical credentials. You know, mm-hmm. for all of their many myriad faults, and they can be enumerated until the end of the show, Weinstein and Malone do have some credibility in the COVID sphere around being doctors, don't they? Am I mistaken? Am I no. thinking of two different guys? Well, None of Who these the, people have credibility. No, but um, what I, I'm saying, not credibility, credentialing. Don't they have? Oh, don't they have medical credentials? No, Weinstein doesn't. You're, yeah, you're thinking. You're thinking of Malone and McCullough. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Wein- that is who I'm thinking of. Malone and McCullough. Yeah. And then they, they were, were both yes. there. They were both part yeah. of this nonsense. That is who um, I, well, I got well, Weinstein mixed up. I'm sorry. McCullough That's was right. there virtually. Yeah. Malone was there in person and was part of the like clusterfuck that happened on the first day in particular. And yeah, they both have something vaguely approaching like credentials in this neighborhood, um, but they're heavily overstated. So for example, everyone will make clear to you over and over and over again. I think it's Malone that like, he's the one who helped invent the mRNA vaccine. And that's why he knows what he's talking about here. Not true. Not a correct story. He did not invent the vaccine. Other people, you know, did more work. Right. Right. Like it's one of those, there's a lot of that like puffing up of your background. But he's not a uh, a celebrity, right? He, like, like, I guess that's right. my he's point. He's not Del Big Tree, who's literally just a TV producer, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there's a danger a, there. Yeah. There's a danger mm-hmm. a, a, around this credibility. Sure, sure. Before, what we had was celebrity turning into credibility. Now we have credibility turning into celebrity, and that seems much more dangerous of a of, of a directionality as far as the transaction mm. of information is concerned. Yeah, if, a, if the credibility was genuine, it turning into celebrity might not be a bad thing. But in this situation, absolutely, it's a huge, it's a huge problem. And I really do, you know, we'll see how this plays out. But I worry that what we're seeing is a resurgence of the credibility that the anti-vaxxer stuff had to some extent before Wakefield was like fully thoroughly disgraced, where it was like 
yes, it was still a little marginal relative to that. But there was a, I would believe, I feel there was a period of like, it was gaining traction and mm -hmm. it was like, it was harder for people to push back on it a little bit because the, the like science hadn't been debunked yet. Um, and I do feel like a fair number of people got suckered in at that moment. And I think we're at another moment where that could be, we could be at high risk of that happening because of folks like Weinstein and they know it. Like they absolutely um, are aware that the, the podcasting world and stuff and YouTube are the future for their movement. Like the most referenced person at this thing was, was Joe Rogan. Every oh person was like, Every person gave thanks for St. Rogan. You know, he was the reason that we were <laughs> safely able to do any of these things. And like, you know, he really, really has done a lot of damage in terms of making all of this look respectable again. Yeah. And that's, and, that's it's, it's really and it's bad. Crazy and again, too. I'm not a doctor, but yeah. And it's crazy too, because he did it all just by being like, what? I'm just asking questions. He's the just asking I question know. guy. And that shows you how dangerous that mindset is, right? That just asking mm -hmm. questions mindset. You know, yep. if you're not going to ask good questions and you're not going to push, yes. then, yep. then th you're essentially just giving someone your gigantic platform to say whatever they want. And it's the same thing that happened with that Ruben guy. It's, you know, like, mm -hmm. like they just yep. open their platform up to these people where under the guise of I'm having a conversation and it's, yep. it's a, it's a fucking, it's a bad yep. faith conversation. It's a, ba I, I, it's funny because as you said that I was thinking about when we promoted our book on your show, Aaron, and you mm -hmm. asked us hard questions about our book, right? It was not a, it was not a complete puff piece, right? At all. Right. You were right. like, Hey, I'm going to push you on some of these things. Even said like, I agree with you. I'm still going to push you on these things. Right. Right. Because right. you know how to ask hard questions. You know how to good questions. You would not, and neither would Cecil and I, I would not have somebody on our show that I'm not able to ask good questions. If I don't feel qualified to engage a conversation, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not the right guy to interview that guy. I literally lack the qualification or the intellectual firepower right. to engage in a conversation at that level. And you got to know that about yourself. Yeah. The just asking mm. questions guys are fucking dangerous because they know they don't have the qualifications. Yeah. yeah. They laugh about it. They acknowledge it out loud. And they do it anyway because yeah. it gets some clicks and views. views. Yeah. And it gets some hundred million dollars contracts with Spotify. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should ask questions. I think should we should ask. I more think questions? we should ask more questions. Now that you, you know the pitch at the end really sold me. I, <laughs> I know. I was like, I was all worked up. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm a hundred million short. Like of a that. lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, yeah. Two two things there for you. Uh, one for each of y'all, right? Um, we did get to chat about your book, and it was a lot of fun. And I actually went back and you know I didn't fully reread it, but I, I I went back through the chapters in preparation for our conversation, and I can say bingo, I I got all of them. Yeah, like literally the whole list, every chapter we could go through <laughs> yeah. and like, it was at this convention, it was all there. You guys yeah. nailed all the key points. Um, but also on the jacking off front, um, <laughs> a year ago, a little over a year ago now, I wrote a skeptic, again, like your book, every Skeptic Mag article I wrote has been present at this convention too. I wrote one called Cheap Talk Skepticism, which was about you know, essentially the jacking off problem and that like there are these people like Rogan who make living, you know, asking questions where they will not suffer the consequences of it being treated like an open question. And guess who I picked as the people to give my examples in that paper? Um, Nawaz and Weinstein, right? Because it was yeah. right during yeah. the 
it was just when they were spiraling from because Nawaz also got into the like elect steal the election stuff as well. He did. Like that he, he did, yeah. He was yeah. he was all over the place on a lot of things. Yeah. So yeah, these are you know, here we are a year later and like it, what I was worried about is the case, right? What you were saying is true. Yeah. And, and, the, and this is, this is a good example too. Like Nawaz is a good example of, he was a vocal atheist like 10 years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago. And he was on a bunch yeah. of shows and a vocal atheist. And that shows you like how easy it is to be an atheist, right? How easy mm. it is to be that, like in that yep. mindset and still be a giant fuck up, right? Like that mm -hmm. guy is still a mm -hmm. gigantic yep. fuck up, but people gave him the benefit of the doubt because he got one question right. And they gave him he's, the benefit of the God doubt. again, by the way, yeah. just so you know. He's back really? to thanking God. Oh yeah, Well, good for, sure. for him. Good for him. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a that's a perfect fucking Ouroboros. He's his own fucking human centipede. He's <laughs> yeah. going to yep. suck his own ass. Yeah. But the thing is like, once you sell out, like once you take that first big fucking sellout check, like, why not yeah. take the second one? Yeah. I mean, Ru Ruben's going to be there soon. And that right. guy who wrote that, that conceptual penis paper, he's like working Dude, for people that are Ruben's like religious. Ruben's going to divorce so, his husband and marry yeah. a woman at some yeah. point. If the fucking money's <laughs> The right. money's good. The money's I mean, I'm, right. I'm yeah. I'm surprised that James Lindsay wasn't at this convention. It was interesting what he was wasn't at this convention. He was too busy doing like sword katas or yeah, he's doing He was doing things fighting or whatever. tomahawks. For yeah. sure. <laughs> there was Slow, also a fat whole... motion. <laughs> <laughs> there's a um there's a thing I've been noticing more and more now where they will cite QAnon as like, well, we're not a QAnon convention, or they'll make jokes about how like the the, the news is gonna try to paint us as a QAnon convention and stuff. And it's sort of like they use the term as like this is the far end boogeyman and we're not that bad. And like partly that's partly just not true because a bunch of these people are like QAnoners, but also <laughs> like <laughs> They, it's not they factually also true. <laughs> and it's, it's not no different. continually true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not any different than Alex Jones being like, I'm not a QAnoner and here's Roger Stone right. to chat about things. Like it's, they're, they're, they're pretending to be different. You know, the same way, they do the same thing with their orgs mm -hmm. as well. They all have like, you know, the World Council for Health and the like bland name kind of thing. And it's just, it's all a big... It's a big show to 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 create the um the kind of false ecosystem vibe, right? Where it's like this is a healthy, thriving ecosystem, even though every one of the you know the same thing as like the free speech guys, where it's like all of these boards are the same five people, and yeah, they're yeah. they're all Sam Harris for some reason. Okay. Look, I'm not queuing on, but the Earth is flat. <laughs> right, <laughs> just right. like yeah, all right. So. Let's, uh, I, I'm going to have you rate it here for a second. So the, like out of 10, right? So let's say 10 is horribly dangerous. One is innocuous. I'm a random guy without any, any uh, movement back or forth on vaccines. I walk into this conference. That's How dangerous is this conference? Hmm. High school, high school education. Yeah, I'd put it at like a seven, I think. Wow. Probably. Wow. Yeah. That's scary. Seven for content, you know, like, but it's 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 getting dragged down. Like it would be closer to like an eight or a nine if you hadn't had to like sit through the tech side of things because okay. that well, was- like, You gotta five. give us the tech side Let's stuff go. then. Come Let's on. do this tech side thing. Okay. There, there are several things that we can discuss here, right? You all have been to conventions. You know how conventions sure, work, sure. right? Um, you usually yeah, we get you know, kicked you out have, of them. They normally take us <laughs> some, to the door and they tell you, us to leave. You know, that's sometimes fine. Sometimes the yeah. police show up and tell you, we know how it works. Stop intimidating yeah. our yeah, sure. guests. Yeah. 
Right. You usually have, you know, five. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of those folks were at this convention now that you mentioned it. Uh, a lot of overlap with the mythicist crowd, I imagine. They, um, you know, usually you'd have, you know, a panel of like four people or something and then like five or six other speakers over the course of a day or something, right? Like that was in an hour at minimum, right? They were having... 14 to 20 people in an afternoon, each of them Excuse doing 10-minute talks. Like it was, it was an open mic night, my friends. I don't ten think minutes? they turned anybody away. They were oh, doing like it's like a TikTok talks. convention. Oh my God. It's worse. It's, it it's worse. They were doing 10-minute like talks poetry and they did read. not have control. <laughs> yeah. They didn't have control over their own slides though. So it gets way worse. Oh, that's so amazing. So they're all constantly like, I'm running out of time. Next slide, please. And the oh. poor fucking tech people have to click through their slides. And some of these fuckers were like, I've got a rapid slide thing coming up here. And they were like, one word, next slide, one word, next slide. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> they couldn't give them a clicker, so they own their own thing. <laughs> they have a clicker. Those things are like $18. Seriously. Like, that's and unbelievable. It, I've done and so much public speaking. I would never let someone else run my slides. Never in a thousand years. Just, I don't remember if it was also for the in-person people. I think it was, but it was mostly a problem for the ones who were Skyped in. And oh. there I'm like, I <laughs> don't so understand. It's so much it's worse. So Tom, much worse. Oh. I would rather oh. go to the bathroom and have someone else hold my dick than, oh my than, God. than control my slides. I would rather I, walk in and be like, I unzip and hold my hands over my head. Nope. And then you aim for me That's before it. I give yep. someone yep. control of my slides. Yeah, it's absolutely. 2022, yep. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's just wonderfully inexcusable. That's and amazing. Please tell them you're not going to have control of your slides. So have it max two to three slides, not 30 to 40 slides that you have to... <laughs> Well, like, that's the best. If they just have like packed. useless, like single word slides and they're just packed full Why of slides. Why would you do that? So though? amazing. Why would you prepare so a presentation you don't control so that you great. haven't rehearsed with somebody you trust? I, and then and then do this one word what that one word one word thing is annoying anyway yeah for sure like that's right. a, like you should be hit right in the face yeah. if you do that. <laughs> with what with whatever is available yeah uh, like I mean a pie or uh, what a, a, yeah like a chair a shepherd's crook should pull you off <laughs> oh my like god like an old vaudeville thing um back in my Aaron Rabbi days I <laughs> you're still would, there we met we introduced you that so you're still there so I, anyway. I would do over higher lighting work in theaters, including four conferences sometimes. So I did lighting for Nexus for a few years, which is the Skeptics Conference in New York. For folks who are not familiar, it's the Skeptics yeah, we, of the Universe folks. We know, we know it. Ian cheats on us with them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah, that conference enough, right. that yeah. we've never been invited to. Yeah, we've never been invited. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. I, it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's, no, it's fine. fine. I, got, it's fine. I got onto a panel at one point, at least. Um, <laughs> but I met Marsh there in person one year while I was typing it. Yeah, I got... <laughs> Big league, you guys, very often. So, like, give me, give me this one little thing, right? Big league us literally any moment of the day. Are you kidding me? Uh, uh, anyway, so, so you're doing matter. lighting. You're saying you're doing so I lighting. Do lights, and like, I, you couldn't fucking pay me enough to run lights for a convention like this, even before the clicker thing, right? Like, bad enough that you're not going to give me hazard pay for being in a room full of people, right. Who are not yeah. vaccinated, yeah. But right. The idea that I have to pay attention to them enough to hear when they say next slide is. <laughs> I would have quit. I would have quit midway through. I would have yeah. been like, because they were 
motherfuckers were making jokes about like, oh, I, I guess the tech people are getting a little tired. Try to stick with me here, folks. And I'm like, you motherfuckers are lucky the lights did not just turn off. Like <laughs> I would have, I would have pulled the power. I would have walked away from the board. You would have been fucked. Um, yeah, it was, it was a disaster there. The mics were a disaster. Like people, you know, the host would, would, would hand off to somebody and then it was like a person on a screen and they were talking and we had to listen to the heavy breathing of the host because their <gasps> mic never got oh, turned down. Or, like, oh. or they had conversations with other people off stage. <laughs> with I, like, you know what is yeah. saving us? Aaron, Aaron, I am not even kidding. Do you know what is saving democracy and civilization is yeah. fucking incompetence? It You're is not wrong. Because if these motherfuckers were 12% more competent, yeah, yeah. if they were a little slicker, a little yep. less fucking just, and they don't need to be a lot. It's not a lot. They're right there. They're on the cusp, mm -hmm. but they're yep. so fucking incompetent that there is still a segment of the population is like, I'm not listening to this shit. Look, yep. I, I, I'm used to slick, slickly produced, highly edited material. That's what the rest of my life looks like. This clown shoe ass motherfucker bullshit I'm out. It's crazy to me too that you're this far into the pandemic and they're still fucking up hybrid shit. Yeah, man. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Everybody's got this down that one, now. That My one doesn't surprise me actually, do at all. I, I, I hate to tell you that one doesn't surprise me in the least, especially given the like age ranges of the people who are Skyping in at various points. No, I guess like, that's fair. Yeah. I, there's a lot of people who still haven't figured out how to mute themselves on Zoom. And I don't, I can't explain why, but it, it does appear to continue <laughs> to be a thing. And yeah, you know, conspiracism is easy mode, right? Like I could be a, a very successful conspiracy theorist. This is what, you know, like you often are thinking like, I could break bad with just like a Mad Libs and like a, a D20 yeah, yeah. and I would be, oh, yeah. be set. Like it's too yeah. fucking easy. Um, and there's still, there is still, I think you're right, a silver lining hope that like these people are so incompetent that after this little event, they're going to like spread back out to their narcissistic fiefdoms and like continue to do their own separate nonsense and there won't be any solid organizing because they'll have know, convinced they the convinced. You know, like how yeah, much of and this some is preaching to choirs, yeah. you know? I, I mean, I think the, the biggest concern, as I, said, as I said, is the like conversion from one, like the outer choir to the inner choir, where it's like you go from mm. the COVID anti-vaxxer to the full-on anti-vaxxer. Yeah, I would say yeah. there's a, a percentage of the people who probably got sucked in at this convention in that way virtually. It seems like that's, that, that's my biggest concern. But I don't think, right, they're like, immediately pulling in other people. But again, that's not exactly what it's for, right? What they then do is go back out to their tele, you know, their podcasts and their Rogans and stuff. And they go to Rogan's audience and they say slightly nicer, cleaner versions of the things they were saying. They, you know, put their masks back on and hide their power levels again. And they recruit more, you know, outer church people. And then they do another yeah. convention and do yeah, the early right. cycle, of, you know, recruitment. And they amplify and solidify. That's really yeah. the problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do think that we're in an, an ironic age where we are on the cusp of tremendous technological medical breakthroughs with regard to vaccination. And at the same time, mm -hmm. I am absolutely convinced that over the next five years, vaccinations of all types will drop yeah. as a result of the COVID vaccine disinformation. So we're, we're in this mm -hmm. divergent space where the technology will allow us to vaccinate ourselves against a host of you know, yeah, cancers yeah, and diseases yeah. that have been the scourge of humanity for, for millennia. And at the uh -huh. same time, 
there will be an enormous number of people who are like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I like getting thrush, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually, um, you know, I, I talked about the book Natural uh, with uh, with um, the author on Embrace the Void. And one of the really good points he brings up in that book was the reason you see a, a resurgence of natural birth is because unnatural birth has been so successful. Like it is, it is so successfully yeah, reduced right, yeah. infant, you know, mortality and child, you know, like childbirth mortality that like people can fuck around and find out and still yep. survive. Right. Yep. Like yep. that's different than it used to be. Um, and so it's a similar situation, right? More people can fuck around and, and find out in the world where, you know, vaccines have been largely successful up to a point, right? Yeah. And then bad things start to happen. Um, so I, I do think that is, yeah, that's a big piece of it. Um, and, and to the solid, solidifying point, you were, y'all were curious about the new media one. One of the big talking points was the great thing about a, you know, a situation like this is we can all meet each other and then we can leave and go on each other's podcasts a bunch. And we just keep having each other on each other's podcasts over and over and over again. And it'll give, you know, the impression of a community and y'all wouldn't know anything about that sort of experience. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's a wow. model, right? It's wow. a model. It worked. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> That's I'm uh, kidding. I, you know, I low I blow. Joke. That's I, all I'm saying. Low blow. That's oh, all I'm saying. Up. No, come on. I feel like you're loading at vaccines or anything. Um, well, I, I just want to say we're thankful yeah. that someone can sit through this stuff and yeah. pay attention enough and then bring that news back to all the rest of us. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that know that this stuff is dangerous, but they just don't know how dangerous or how it is dangerous. And I think you're doing really good work here. And I know that you said you're going to be coming out with an article about this as well. Yeah, we're going to do one, probably a couple of articles in the UK Skeptic Mag um, since they they paid the ticket and whatnot. Um, the first one's going to be just kind of laying all a lot of this stuff out, similar to what we've been discussing, but in more depth and like, um, you know, tying together more, more of the concerns and like laying out some more of the conspiracism that we haven't gotten to. I have lists of things and then like other articles are going to be things about like the weird problems of discussing anti-Semitism in this area because uh, fun fact, Big Tree's anti-vaxxer stuff is is funded by a Jewish billionaire. Oh. Uh, so that complicates the picture a little bit. Um, connected to the like Orthodox folks who yeah, don't want to sure. get Yeah, sure. Yeah, right, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then like an article, there was a weird thing that surprised me. I wrote an article a little while ago about transhumanism in the gender critical turf kind of world <laughs> and how they were worried about it. And the argument form for anti-trans stuff is identical to the argument form for the anti-vaxxer stuff. It is literally the same corporations really? and government entities and Klaus Schwab using technology to control us. But for some reason at this convention, nobody mentioned transgender stuff on the stage. Wow. wow. No jokes that I caught, no throwaway lines as far as I can remember. It's, I don't know why. I, I would guess the largest, the large number of people in the commute, in the like space are in the like turf world, but it was weird that they didn't explicitly discuss the overlap, but like how they talked about victims of vaccination is identical to how those folks talk about detransitioners, for example. Sure, it was sure. shot for shot the same. Wow. Okay, well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today. Can you tell us, uh, our listeners, if they were going to find your your work, where would they look? Yeah, so you can find me compulsively on Twitter at ETVPod. 
Uh, you can find my conspiracy theory and other kinds of writings at the UK Skeptic Mag. Again, very explicitly not the Michael Shermer dumpster fire. I always have to make that clear. Yeah, you got a clue, man. Can make that clear. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yes. um, and then the podcasts are Embrace the Void and Philosophers in Space. Um, you know, oftentimes I have conspiracism folks on to talk about these kinds of things on Embrace the Void. So check that out. And we've also been doing some stuff on like preppers over on Philosophers in Space. So there's been a lot of overlap recently. It's, you know, it's all coming together, just like the conspiracies. <laughs> what is it with you humans? Huh? Always blaming me. I never make any of you do anything. That's not true. You trick us into sin, damnation. You have to be. Otherwise. So this story comes from deadstate.org. Uh, Televangelist Kenneth Copeland, Texas shooter was demon-possessed, so blame the devil, not him. All right, well, let's hear what... Let's hear it, buddy. Let's hear what the Let's hear this shit. Leprechaun has to say here. God, is he a gaunt motherfucker? He's terrifying. Looking. Look at that guy. That's a guy who steals money from people. You just look at him and you're like, no, man, that's a dude who steals money. Like, there's no way. You don't ever come to me with that look, with the look he has on his face. You don't ever come to me with that look if you're not stealing money from someone. I guarantee it. Look at that. He's serious. You guys, I know if you're if you're listening and not watching, Kenneth Copeland looks terrible. He does not look credible at all. He's got crazy eyes, but he's also got crazy dead eyes. Yeah. Like his eyes look fucking lifeless he and looks, dead. He looks like and gaunt, instead of shit. instead of like a little kid asking, can I have some more? He's just doing that with boats now. <laughs> it's like, can I have some more, sir? And he wants another jet and another boat. So here we a go. Stiff this is, wind could blow this guy this away is, forever. This you is put Kenneth. a string on him, you could fly him like a kite. This is Kenneth Copeland. Here we go. Hello, Brother Copeland, why do bad things happen to good people? Because a demon-possessed young man decided he just wanted to kill a bunch of people. That helps. That helps. It, you know, when, when you say, like, why do good things happen to bad people, it makes it sound like the violence and suffering is arbitrary. But yeah. then when you say, well, because a demon just felt like yeah. it, that makes it seem way less arbitrary. So I like, like, why do we want to live in a world where people get these outs, these easy outs oh, yeah. where it's not you. It's not, it's this demon that did it. It's not this kid that did it. It's this demon that did it. Like, like this person, you know, they're dead now, right? Yeah. They're dead now. So it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter. But if they, what, they caught a couple of them recently, though. Well, they caught the Buffalo The shooter. Buffalo one they yeah. caught. And then they, they, they sentenced another one that they caught like last year. That just, they just got sentenced. And there's been so many shootings. I literally I, don't even remember which track. one it is. Because there's a shooting. There was a shooting. I came home tonight yeah. from work and my wife said, did you hear about the shooting? And I said, the one in Wisconsin. She's like, no, the one in Tulsa. Yeah. Because there was one in Wisconsin at a funeral later in the afternoon today. I didn't hear about and that And then one. there was one in Tulsa yesterday. yesterday. And so, like, there's one, like, every few moments in this yeah, country. Right. And and so, but the problem There's is, a lot of demons. The problem is, is these people like to, like, why would you want to give somebody like that an out? It doesn't make sense. No. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But again, it's real easy 
to look at something like this that we don't understand, and they do this with everything they don't understand, right? And they point to it and say, "It's demons." I, I don't understand what that is, so it's got to be supernatural. Yeah. And that gives whatever kind of dumbass theory I brought to the table a piece of validity. Well, and it's it's like, you know, one of the central problems that Christianity has never been able to face and face well is the problem of evil. The pro the central problem ethically of like evil is a problem that Christianity has never been able to reconcile themselves with any a benevolent, omnipotent God and the problem of evil. Yeah. And so they're weird. Like his get out of jail card, and I think his question is wrong. By the way, his question actually supposes some in, the, hidden in his question is a little bit of Eastern mythology, right? Because what he's asking is why bad things happen to good people, and that supposes in the question that if bad things happen to bad people, that that would have a different moral justification. Sure, that's only true with a karmic balance, and karma is an Eastern mythology thing. In a Christian worldview, here on Earth in the earthly plane, that shouldn't matter, right? So. Like, because all your justice is meted out. Yeah, it's after all after. Fact, it's right? all after. Yeah. So it's already kind of muddy. Like he muddies it before he begins because he doesn't know his ass from a fucking hole. He doesn't in the even ground. know his own stuff. Right. It's his own stuff. Right. So and then he's and then he's like, well, I'm gonna have to explain the problem of evil. And the problem of evil, he's like, well, it's demons. And it's like, okay, but then you just who made the demons? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like if I said, I hey, uh, Cecil, when you come over to my house. Uh, everything should be fine, by the way. Everything should be fine. But if you come over to my house, my rabid dogs that I keep in my house might maul you to death. I just want to let you know. And then you would ask me, why do you keep rabid dogs that maul people in your house? And I would have to answer that question. Because yeah. I could easily not have them. You could just, or you could And in, in this case, you Frankenstein those dogs right. together. I like gave you them made the rabies. Them. You made them, you gave them the rabies and you like stitched them from nothing right. to be something. Yes. Yeah. Because there was nothing. Literally, I and have, then you made something. Right. And the something you made was pure evil. evil. Right. What does that make you? So it like doesn't help. Yeah. It does like this is an attempt to answer the question of evil problem, but all he does is say, well, it's evil personified, you yeah. see, and that's the problem. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, that doesn't help at all, you <laughs> stupid motherfucker. Find it somewhere by faith. Move over into that area where you begin to say, I'm, I'm not holding this against him. I'm holding this. I'm holding the devil. I'm holding the devil responsible for this. Well, I don't believe there is a devil. Well, if you don't believe it by now, I don't know what it'll take to convince you. No, I believe there's people. Yeah. I believe people buy guns and shoot people with guns. I believe that because you can see the people <laughs> and they shoot people with fucking guns. They like, they fucking live stream. Yeah. They're murderers. Yeah. 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 Like the devil isn't the devil never pops up. Yeah, it's never it's never like this 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 episode sponsored by the devil. Right. <laughs> and then he pops up in the corner. This mass shooting sponsored by Beelzebub. <laughs> Beelzebub, maker of fine mass shootings everywhere. And flies on your lips. <laughs> this book, this holy Bible, is record of, of his defeat. By Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went to hell so you and I don't have to go. What God, I love is like, like, what I love too is, I read a lot of the Bible. 
Yeah. It's not a record of his defeat. It barely mentions the devil. It barely mentions the devil. Also, if it mentions the devil at all. And also like in Revelation, doesn't the devil play a fairly significant yeah, it doesn't he, like, role? Win the arm wrestling competition. Or right. And, and also like if I defeated you, why are you still possessing people who murder other people? There are 20 dead kids, yeah. 20 dead children yeah. that would not have been dead if not for the defeated devil. This is your worldview, not mine. The defeated devil murdered 20 children. That's not defeated, man. If like Mike Tyson comes out of retirement and punches me in the face, <laughs> right? And I fall over dead. <laughs> Because that's what would fucking happen. A hundred percent. Absolutely. hundred percent. He didn't even come out of retirement. He needs to come out of a lazy boy. Absolutely. Right. The only thing you can hope for is that he misses and touches your beard because he can't tell where your chin is. That's it. That's the only thing you can hope for. That's why I have a long, I have a long beard just in case of the Mike, Mike Tyson. Yeah, that's it. That's That's the only reason I have it. It's like the only reason I have it. It's stealth. It's stealth chin. Absolutely. That's what it is. Stealth chin. My my chin actually goes up, which you can't (laughs) tell because of my beard. I can't be like, as I'm laying there dead, I can't be like, but you were retired, so it didn't count somehow. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? I want to talk a little bit about the... uh, uh, that shooting that happened. There's been so many since, but I want to talk about the Texas one. Um, Really one of the big things that they talk about when they want to talk about prevention is they talk about these, these adding of funds to make sure that schools are more and more militarized. I know. And this did not help. We didn't talk about it much last episode because it was all sort of emerging, Mm -hmm. but genuinely this, 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 they had their own police force. They had their own police force and they were waiting outside the door, unsure whether or not to go in for 20 minutes. They were standing outside these doors, not going in. It's, they had all the resources they needed to make sure that, you know, like the good guy with the gun can do the good guy with the gun stuff. And they didn't do it because they didn't do it because that's stupid. Well, also these things take minutes to unfold. You know, the, 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 the thing is with high-capacity magazines and semi-automatic rifles, like the massacre of unarmed civilians takes two minutes. Yeah. Three Seconds. minutes. Yeah. It takes no time. So even if the good guys with the guns show up as often as the case in five, six, seven minutes, that's more often the case, eight minutes, it doesn't matter. The damage is done. We, we're going to turn our fucking schools into a goddamn green zone. Yeah. You know, and it's still not going to change it because we have a we have a problem that takes no time. Yeah. It's a snap of a finger. Yeah. It's a blink of an eye yeah. to cause chaos and murder and mayhem. It's just the problem is we've made murder too easy. Yeah, Ohio just changed their laws, and Governor Dewine just was like, "I'm super happy to sign this into a law." It just happened yesterday, I think. They changed their laws so that teachers can come to school if they if the school authorizes it and the teachers allow it, et cetera. But teacher, the law allows teachers or anyone that the school appoints to come to the school packing fucking heat. Yeah. And then they reduced the training requirement yeah, down to, to carry like a gun tiny. from like 700 hours to like 24 or 25 hours. Yeah. And I looked at it, it's like 12 hours of classroom instruction, like two hours of some bullshit, two hours of some other bullshit, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're going to have teachers in the school packing heat. Yeah. This is not a solution. We're just adding guns on a, well, it's like, it's like, 
Do you remember that fucking onion article where it's like, fuck it, we're doing five blades, put one in the handle. Yeah. You know, it's like just adding more guns doesn't add any solution to There's, the problem. Yeah, it's less safe. And and I saw a, a commercial, a PSA that was about gun control and it showed this guy walk into a, um, he, he storms into his work and they're like, Bill, you can't go back there. And he's got a, He's got a muzzle loader yeah. and he holds the muzzle loader up. And one guy's like, no, no, no. And he shoots and it's smoothbore. So it misses the guy. <laughs> and then everybody gets up and runs and he pulls the gun and he bites the thing and he starts right. running it and he starts to tamp it. And it says, our guns have changed. So should our laws. Fuck yeah, you know what man. I mean? Like, and that's like, right. But you know, you can't, you can walk in with a muzzle loader sure. into one of those places and you'll get off a shot a minute if you get off more than one shot. Yeah. Because if you shoot one time with a muzzle loader and there's a bunch of people around, they're probably going to jump you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't have any more gun. Like that's it. It's like one shot and then it's over. And even if you had like 16 pistols on you, you know what right. I mean? Like, like you can't do the kind of damage yes. that these people can do in in seconds. They can do that kind of damage. They, they constantly turn out this thing where it's like, well, you know, somebody who's determined enough can still do it. It's like, yeah, probably, but let's make it as hard as possible. Let's make it, let's make it. Why are we yeah. smooth? Why let's are we greasing the wheels for murderers? Make it hard. Yeah. We should just make this as annoying as possible because we already know that means reduction yeah. reduces it the works. overall. It works. Like, it, it, circumstance of events or number of events. Like just, why would we want to make it easy on people? And that, it's like, I got, I got a teenage boy at home. Like I'm not making it easy. I know he's probably fucking his girlfriend. Right. But I'm not making it easy yeah, on him. Yeah. I'm not like leaving him home alone for hours. Well, and, and just in Canada the other day, they, 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 they looks like they're going to pass a law where they're going to have some serious restrictions on guns. They are looking at us and yeah. they're like, no, nope. nah, man, we're not, not going down that road. So, you know, something's got to change. Something's got to change or else you're just going to, like this last week, you're just going to have a new one every day. All the time. Every single day. Yep. So we want to thank our patrons. Of course, we want to thank all our patrons. We want to thank our newest patrons, Dylan, Skeptical Wonder, Michael, Christopher, Vivian, Natasha, Dan, Mockingbird Nation, and Georgie and the people who up their pledges, L Becker, Gail, Gary, and Pillar. Thank you so much for your generous donations. Your donations make sure that Ian and Sarah have salaries and that we can buy bourbon to drink on the stream. And, <laughs> and we, and you bought us pizza tonight. So thank you so much thank for you your guys. generous. Donations. We appreciate all of you guys. And if you're a listener to the show and you have been for some time and you're not a patron really would encourage you and ask you just head on over to patreon.com and become a patron of our show. We'd really appreciate you. Got a message, bunch of messages this week. Um, I want to start before we get into the individual messages and talk about sort of a, you know, sort of an overarching feeling that I got from last week's sure. episode. So last week's episode, there was a lot of feedback about our conversation about the two guys who said they were going to hunt LGBT yeah. people in Arizona, I think it was. It was. Yeah. Um, and so we had a conversation about it and um, and some people offered some criticism. And I, and I want to say right away, I recognize that sometimes when I'm talking about a story, uh, my privilege gets in the way. And I recognize that. And sometimes, in, in particular in this one, I didn't feel threatened by these guys. And so I may have passed them off 
as not threatening because I'm not the target, number right. one, and I'm not th per particularly <clears throat> threatened by Same. them, right? Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of things in the world that might be might be very threatening to other people that aren't threatening to me, and they weren't threatening to me. And so I recognize that, and I think I can do a better job in the future of making sure that I recognize that other people may be threatened by them. That's that's the first thing. I, I, and I, and I want to start the conversation there because I, I think that there's always chance for people that are allies to learn and to grow and to be better allies. And I think that that's a true thing and that we should always try to strive to be the best ally that we can be. And I might not have been the best ally that I was. I could be last week by in some ways downplaying the threat that they might have. Sure. Yeah. Same. Uh, but I also want to encourage people, if you're going to try to help me be a better ally, that I, I want to make one, one thing clear and one thing, a, an absolute must. You have to listen to everything I say before you comment on it. So before you come to me and you complain about how I did something, I am going to actually actively ask you to listen to everything I said in the segment before you complain about it. I got a lot of people saying, you are letting those people off too easy. That was the comment that many people said. Now, I will recognize that I might not have taken them, taken them as seriously as, as, I, and I, as I needed to, but I did not let that, I did not, my comments were, it was hate speech mm -hmm. and that the police should visit them. And while I am, I wasn't sure whether or not they were being truthful, the conversation itself was bigger than those two guys. It was about the idea of maybe trolling as a way to get attention and not meaning something. It wasn't about them in particular. It was about a concept. And specifically, if you listen to my comments, I was basically saying they need to be visited by the police right. and that they what they are saying is hate speech. I don't think I I pulled off the gas no, on how I thought on how they how I thought they should be treated. So I just want you to listen to everything I say before you comment to me because you're making it sound like I'm acting in bad faith. Yeah, I I I, I would echo that sentiment that it's important I think if we want to build community and I think that that's what we do. We want to build community. I want to be a good listener, a good and active yeah. listener. And I would only ask that the same reciprocation is, is offered in good faith with best intentions being assumed on both sides. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. There's never been a point in our history where we where we thought it would be funny for someone who was LGBT to be hurt. Right. You shouldn't expect that that's the case now. And again, you know, there's a reason we chose to talk about that story, right? These yeah. stories... These stories are selected through the course of the week by Cecil and I to talk about because we want to paint a picture for our audience about why this is something that is worth talking yeah. about. And it wasn't just we didn't have we didn't talk about the story to say here's a story that you shouldn't pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. We brought it on the show to say here's a story and I actually think no matter how serious they are, they should be taken serious. And we said that. And that was we the, said as that was the yeah. overarching point. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, again, we will hear you with trust and good faith and good intentions. We just ask that the reciprocation yeah. is... Please is do that. For, please do that for us. Yeah. I want to be the best ally I can be. You can help me be that. You just got to trust me. Right. We got a message from Natalie and Natalie sends a long message about, about several things, but uh, she mentions growing up as, you know... Solidly millennial, but certainly grows up like an ex. Like we talked about yeah, Gen X last, last time. And, and definitely Latchkey. And she says, on another occasion, my friends and I suck, snuck into a tuberculosis sanitarium that was 
condemned in 1982 and was full of asbestos. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I snuck into so many of those like Abandoned. broken down buildings. So many of them as a kid. Like yep. there was a ton of them when the city I, I lived in that I that I grew up in, there was a ton of them because there was industry there that was just gone. And these were factories, four or five story factories. And we would climb in and go up. And, and those places are not well maintained. Super and dangerous. water damage and the floors are falling super out. Super dangerous. And you're just like running around yeah. playing fucking whatever. Army or whatever yeah. as a little kid. Yeah. Man, I remember, I remember, this is a totally different, but I remember being like 18 or 19. And one of the guys that I was hanging out with his mom worked at a Remax, like the real estate company, you know, the realtors. And he stole his mom's keys to the Remax Shut office. Shut the fuck up. And we went to the Remax office in the middle of the night, two in the morning. And we played like freeze tag, jumping on people's desks, jumping over cubicles, papers everywhere, jumping. Like, did you clean it up? No, we were 18. We just we just fucking ran around the, the Remax office. You trashed just a Remax office. Fucking shit up. Because yeah. we're eighteen. Is we're there just... a statute of limitations on trashing a Remax? I hope it please be expired. <laughs> we got a message from Shar, and Shar says, uh, "Shar talked to about a, a potential uh, someone who we should pay attention to." And actually, Tom and I might be reaching out and see if we could get this person as a guest because they're a gun violence researcher. But they say that Camp Quest, Miss Michigan is looking for people to help, like volunteers to help Camp Quest Michigan. So here's what I'm going to say. If you're interested in helping Camp Quest Michigan, send us a message and we'll send you to Char. Char. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, here's a couple people that's, that wanted to maybe volunteer at Camp Quest Michigan and we'll hook you up with this person who can help you volunteer at Camp Quest. Camp Quest, we've talked about Camp Quest many we've times. We've raised money for Camp yeah. Quest. We've had people on this show from Camp Quest. It's It sounds like an awesome organization. I've never heard anything other than wonderful things. So if you're interested, if you're in the Midwest and you're interested in volunteering at Camp Quest in Michigan, send us an email and we'll connect you to Char. Got a message from Jennifer and Jennifer wanted to let us know that there's a, you know, a comedian. I'm not going to say their name, but they say that they're basically on Facebook and they pretend to be far right, but they're not far right. But the people who are far right come and give the page a like. They don't spend enough time to recognize yeah. that it's satire. But the things are so close to what they're saying anyway, it doesn't matter. So even if it does step over, you might actually just be pushing the Overton window over. I know. It's like we... Because satire is difficult it's, it's, now. It's impossible now because the absurd is the actual. Yeah. And we were talking about this just before we were, we were reading the email. I genuinely don't think the Colbert Report is a possible show anymore. I think if you were to try to have that no. show now, it would not work. It wouldn't work. You're it right. It would not work. Got a message from Dan and Dan said, hey, you know, I heard your episode and Esme, someone was, we were asking, Esme had called last Woo-hoo. week and asked if someone, if we can maybe put somebody in her car to take there was nobody, Esme, I don't know if you're listening this week, but there was nobody who reached out any, to us. Nobody bites. reached out to us. Um, but they said, you know, hey, I was thinking of maybe starting a GoFundMe to help, you know, maybe raise, uh, help with gas or do something like that. I just want to say, Dan, there wasn't anybody there, but I will say, save your pennies. 666 is coming up in January. Tom and I are going to do something big for it. We want to do an abortion fundraiser specifically for it. So save your pennies between now and then. Uh, because we really want to, we really want to make a difference if we, we can. Do. Yep. 
Got a message from Kyle. By the way, Kyle's name is uh, Kyle's uh, Kyle's nickname is Dream Killer. That's amazing. Here it is. You aren't getting a freestyle machine. Dream Killer Kyle says that you're not allowed to get these things because basically uh, Coke doesn't sell them and doesn't like allow people to have them. You just can't just have one. No, they, I bet you fucking, I bet you Jeff Bezos can have one, Kyle. Yeah, I bet Kyle. you fucking Bill Gates could have one, Kyle. Why can't I have one? You're a dream killer, Kyle. You ruined everything. How am I going to get fatter? God damn it. Think of all the soda we Seriously, drink. though, that's it, Dude, it makes sense. It I'll makes just sense. be making suicide. It makes sense, though, because like these things are, you know, they're, they're, they're enormous. And you know, your name is on it. Your and, name yeah. is on it. And right. if your name's on it, you want to tune it up right. And he's saying basically, yeah. these things are, are, they're difficult machines to tune up. And you've got to, there's people who come out and do this work. So yeah. it actually sounds like they're actually fairly they're high tech and fairly yeah. precision machinery yeah. that has to be like, maintained by the company and is leased and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All I can hear is, I feel sad that I can't make suicides in the studio. Yeah. Got a message from Chris and a bunch of other people. Turns out that the spinning blade <laughs> hand thing just is from the Disney's black hole. Yeah, I remember- Maximilian is the name of the- Thing, I guess. I, I, we got I don't think so I've many ever seen emails. It. I don't think I've ever seen it. That's and why I, I was like blanking because right. I've never seen the black hole. I saw this shit. I've on seen the show. glory hole, but I've never seen the black hole. <laughs> you don't want Maximilian on the other side. I don't want on the black on the other side. Yeah, turn your sausage into uh, into, <laughs> into a sausage. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we got a bunch of messages from a ton of people. I thought we were pretty clear when we mentioned it. We know who Hemant is, and we know his blog. We didn't realize that they went over to a new place called Only Sky. We right. knew that they left Pathios, but we didn't. We weren't sure what it was called. That is the new place. We got a ton of messages about it, but people were also being like, "Hey, you should check out Hemant's blog. You should find out who he is." We've we know he's, like he's been on the show. Times. He's been on our show, so we know who Hemant is. How many stories from he the lives, friendly atheist? He lives. He lives far enough where I could throw a rock and probably hit him from he, where I'm at. He's in the town adjacent to yeah. my. He's he lives in the same town my stepdaughter went. To school yeah, in. we know who he is. We know who he is. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for letting us know about Only Sky. Yeah, really, it's a reference to uh, to John Lennon, and it's a uh, it's a it, it, I guess that the rift erupted when they were saying you got to be nice to people with religion, and they were just like we can't. We'll just do we our can't own thing. do that. And even and Hemant is very forgiving. He's the friendly. He is he is a very for, forgiving guy, mm -hmm. and and even he couldn't withstand that. He was like no. Got a message from Brian. And Brian says, hey, just want to let you know that you don't have to go all the way to California. Mexico's laws are very supportive of abortion rights. That's and terrific. that is true. And, and as long as it stays that way, great, you know. Man. Got a message from Scott. And Scott sent in this, this fucking what image fuck, that I man? talked about on his live stream a while back. Guys, I'm going to put this image on this week's show notes. I can't even really describe this image except for to say there's so many guns, it's almost impossible to pay attention to. There's so many guns in this photo and it's a family. It's a family, a family of four, it looks like, with a, a child that maybe could be between three and seven years old and then another one that's probably either preteen or teen and then an adult couple. And okay. there's, there's enough guns here to, you know, free one of those large cities in Ukraine. This is this is this is what is wrong. This is what also I I have to note that the dude looks old as fuck. Yeah. And that girl that is like leaning on him, like, that's a young lady. Yeah. That's a real young lady. 
That looks like an old man with a million guns and a child bride in the middle of the South. It really man. does. That's what it looks it really like. Does. Uh, Tom, uh, we're getting you know the, a life update. We haven't talked for a while. How's Haley's health? Yeah. So thank you very much for asking. I know we haven't talked about this in a while, and I appreciate the concern. Um, it's a slow road, but we're on the upswing. So uh, we're hoping that uh, life will begin to return to something approaching normal in the next you know, six to 12 months. I appreciate all the well wishes. Thank you guys so much. Um, we're, we're moving in the right direction. We're not there yet, but we are, we're heading finally on an uphill direction. Haley and Tom came over to our house the other night and we had an evening nice. hanging out, but you know, it's something that hasn't happened in a long time Yeah, because Haley's health wasn't really up to that. Yeah. And so that's a nice, it's a nice change of pace and it's a good sign. It is. You know, it, is. it was really nice. I think it was our first social outing since last July. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, so it was, it was really nice. We got a message. This is from Carolyn and Carolyn is on the organizing committee of Skeptical Con 2022. So Skeptical Con is uh, happening July 16th and 17th. It's going to be in California. Um, people you may recognize, Stephen Novella, Bill Nye, they're going to be speaking there. So uh, we're going to put links on this week's show notes. Uh, you can check it out. Uh, you can go. You can go there. It looks like there's also going to be a, a, maybe a hybrid version, but we're going to put links on this week's show notes if you want to check out SkepticalCon 2022. Uh, it looks like it'll be a good time. You know, if you live out there, if you want to travel out there, it looks like it's going to be great. We got a message. This is from Seth, and Seth sent in an image, and this image is to try to trick people to pick something up to get into a conversation about Jesus and to see a conversation about Jesus. We're gonna. It's really sneaky. We're going to put it on this week's show notes. You can check it out. Um, really super duper sneaky. That, I'll tell you what, man. They do that with the dollar bills where they yeah. tuck it and shit. It's fucking crazy, man. Pay attention because you wouldn't care if we told you what we were talking about. I know, about right? You would place. fucking, you would literally throw this shit away if you didn't, if yep. we didn't trick you into fucking reading it. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. We want to thank Aaron Rabinowitz for joining us. You can catch out, you can catch his work at Embrace the Void. Uh, and you can also listen to him with Thomas Smith on uh, Philosophers in Space. Be sure to listen to Tom's new podcast. Tom is Dad. Tom's coming out with a new podcast this week. This week, this it's week. literally released if on you're Friday. You're listening to this; it's available. It's already out. It's called Dear Old Dads, yeah. and it's it's going to be it's going to be great. People that are uh, that that think about being better dads and better men, I think you're going to have a really good show there with Eli. And with Thomas and with you, I think you guys have a lot to talk about. It should be a very interesting show for parents and for people who are just interested in what you guys have to think. And it finally answers the question, what are white men interested in? Why do white men care? I mean, what, God, Tom. Where will white men will, have our voice happen? finally? What will happen? <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing, water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch, late night infodocutainment. 
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and information provided on this podcast are intended for entertainment purposes only. All opinions are solely that of Glory Hole Studios, LLC. Cognitive dissonance makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, currentness, suitability, or validity of any information and will not be liable for any errors, damages, or butthurt arising from consumption. All information is provided on an as-is basis. No refunds. Produced in association with the local Dairy Council and viewers like you.